How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. This is season three, episode five of our amazing podcast. I'm here with, of course, Tyler and Selena. Hey, everyone. And I'm also here with Mr. Reed Watson from Single Lot Records. How are you doing today, Reed? I'm great, man. How are you? Thank y'all for having me. Thank you for being a part. Um, I kind of want to know, where are you originally from? And what made you uh, come to the Shoals? Well, so I'm originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just a couple hours south. Um, and I came to the Shoals, let's see, um, about 10 years ago, uh, a little, about nine or 10 years ago. Um, you know, if you're a musician in the state of Alabama and you're looking for other creative people, uh, the Shoals area is a really good choice and it's an affordable place to live. And, you know, at that time, and still, I thought there was really sort of a really interesting creative movement going on, especially with music. And that's something I wanted to be a part of. And so I just made the move. Uh, And I'm, you know, ultimately really glad I did because it changed my life. But yeah, um, I just liked it. I liked the people. I thought it was a great community, really kind folks. Um, That's a really hard thing to find. And yeah, I'm huge i'm a huge fan of the shoals and i'll i'll shout it from the rooftops it's a great place to live so uh you have single lock records and i was wondering how did that get started when you came to the shoals well when i came let's see it it was so i didn't start single lock um but i do co-own the company now um it was started by john paul white um and Ben Tanner, two local fellows that play music, and uh, a guy named Will Trapp, who's sort of a local businessman. And they uh, really started it in kind of a simple, pretty simple mindset. It was like, we have a lot of local bands here. There's great music around from this area. They need help making a record and getting some funding. And just on a very, very simple level, it's like, okay, if we give them a thousand dollars to make a record and they sell a hundred CDs at $10 a piece, they'll make the money back and it'll be that easy. And it just, bam, we help people make music. And it's, it was, it was successful and people really bought into what we were doing and it turned into what it is now, which is a globally distributed uh, record label. You know, we, we send products all over the world and you can find our records and CDs all over the world. Um, And it is a lot more complicated now than selling, you know, 100 CDs for 10 bucks. It's kind of become a whole different thing, as has the music business. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's sort of how it got started. And we were learning every single day and still are. Um, I'd say we're, I think we're seven years into Single Lock as a company now. And um, I still wonder some days when I wake up if I know anything about this business at all. It's a really, really competitive, complicated world to work in. But yeah, we try to represent our community with, you know, excellence and grace and do a good job. And it started really simply and now it's not <laughs> like most companies. Well, obviously you have to know something about it because in seven years, not only have you been a local record label, but you've also expanded globally. You have artists in Australia and I hear that there is an expansion in New Orleans. So is that I'm a actually in endeavor? New Orleans right now. Uh, I, I'm actually in our office in New Orleans right now. So, um, 
I'll actually be back in the shoals next week. Uh, but yeah, we are, it's important to me um, because I feel like right now, especially at this moment in our country's history, I think it's very important to chronicle what Southern music is as a whole and not just what it is to you or me. Um, and that means getting different people involved and different ideas and different viewpoints. And, you know, we're trying to, I want to find stuff from the South that's compelling and interesting and challenging and I think there's a lot of that in the shoals, but I also think there's a lot of that in other places. Um, and, and New Orleans is a place where I've always wanted to expand the company. And so we're doing just that and just signed a band from down here and, you know, we're, we're growing. It's important to grow. I, I think it's important not only for us, but our community and our musicians to, to make this thing a little bigger. You know, the more people you interact with, the more well-rounded a person you are. And so we're trying to put that into action. You know, that's really amazing that you say that because uh, I remember we listened to a previous podcast that you were on and you had mentioned that you didn't have an office, that you uh, were in the back of a van and you were <laughs> operating on a mobile hotspot. Yeah. Um, and so now you have an office in New Orleans. So like, how does yeah. that make you feel to know that you've come this far? Well, we've worked really, 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 really hard. And part of the reason I'm coming to you from an office right now is because we're on pandemic lockdown, you know, and I can't, normally I'd be, I'd probably be on tour right now with someone, but I, I'm at home right now. And that's kind of a bummer, but it's also kind of nice. But the answer to your question is that we, we wake up every day and we try to learn something else. Uh, we try to be really humble about our work and listen and you know, if you have that attitude in, in this business, you really can pick up a lot because everybody, this, this, this business is moving and changing so quickly. You know, um, it, I know you, you guys have textbooks, but they probably are out of date right now because of what's happened in the last three months. I mean, I certainly didn't expect to wake up two days ago and see Kanye West posting every page of his contract on Twitter but that's the music business we're in now. And so we have to be ready to adapt. And I think a lot of our work <laughs> for the last seven years has just been uh, listening and learning and adapting. And I think we've been lucky, but you know, you don't just get lucky, hard work finds luck. And I'm very proud of the work that we've done at this company. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to have an office. It's a cool thing. So you guys have been basically adjusting really well to the pandemic and stuff that's been going on. Oh, uh, I don't know about really well. I've, we've been trying. Um, I don't think anybody knows what to do, or at least they certainly didn't when it all started. Um, and a lot of our artists, um, you know, I mean, you, you all know this as well as me. Uh, artists make their money now by touring, you know. Um, Spotify and Apple and Amazon, you know, they're all really convenient companies to use to listen to your music, but they don't pay artists enough. I think we'd all kind of agree with that. And so, you know, it's, if you want to pay the bills, you got to get on the road. And if you take the road out, you got a lot of artists that are kind of looking up in the sky going, well, what, what's next? What do we do? And as a label, you know, like our, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, like all of our deals with artists, or a 50-50 profit share split. Um, we make an investment in an artist, and once that investment starts to profit, we split it 50-50. Um, 
Not a lot of labels do that. Certainly not any major labels do that. And so that basically means that we're on the hook too. And when touring dries up, so do record sales. And when record sales dry up, so does our back pocket. And so we've really been trying to be creative about what are some other opportunities our artists can find, whether it's licensing and sync or, you know, you know, like merchandising, things like that. We're really trying to get creative about that world because this is a very hard time for creative people. And I fear that it's going to last for probably another year. Um, certainly the touring part is going to last for at least another year. Um, I mean, I felt it too, you know, I mean, like I make most of my money touring and it's gone. I mean, I think I've lost 200 dates this year and counting for next year. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy. I did an interview with the Times Daily in Florence and I said, if you could write a science fiction novel about the end of the music business, this is what it would look like. So. That's so sad. I wanted to laugh, but it's so sad. <laughs> well, I, you have to have a sense of humor about this stuff because creative people have to be resilient. That's kind of the whole point. We're all broke all the time anyway, because we're in the music business. So we just figure it out. Um, love it, right? You have to love it. You have to, you really do. And I think it's a good reminder that the work you choose to do in your life should be work that you do because you love it, not necessarily because it pays you a lot. Um, satisfaction comes from, from that end. And, you know, sort of a bitter pill to swallow for some folks, but I think when this is all said and done, we're going to have a more equitable music business for all. So I'm trying to stay optimistic. It's a long answer to your short question. No, that's a great answer. Um, yeah. Really happy that you are pushing the, um, you know, the resiliency of being creative, because I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, so the adv advocacy uh, for Alabama musicians, can you tell us more about that as well? Sure. Well, you know, the first thing that happened when this all started, uh, basically, everybody started calling me asking, like, how do we, first of all, how do we figure out how to apply for unemployment? How do we get a PPP loan? How do we get an EIDL loan? How are we going to get, you know, what do we do? This is all complicated because as musicians, you don't really ever do anything like that. You know, I mean, most of the musicians that I know don't even have like an LLC or anything like that. I mean, it's just, that's a, that's a really advanced stage of being a creative person, right? Um, and you and I, and all of us know that most musicians get paid in cash after a show. You know, it's not like you necessarily put it all on your taxes or anything like that. And so there was a real situation where if people couldn't get their Tuesday, Thursday and Friday night gig, you know, they weren't going to pay their bills. They weren't going to fill the grocery, you know, they were going to get their groceries. They weren't going to fill up the refrigerator. They weren't going to take care of their kids. I mean, we were getting really not just from our artists, um, but from a lot of our, like, the, the musical family of Alabama is a very tight-knit family. Uh, we all know everyone because if you're going to stick around in Alabama or the South for that matter and make music, you've you got to work together. you got to have friends. And so that was a thing. And, and I started getting a lot of that, that, those questions and trying to help a lot of people through that process of how to apply for unemployment and people would get declined because they didn't do it right. Or they wouldn't get their PPP loan because they don't have a good relationship with a bank. 
blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, okay, we have to do something. I know that there are people in our state that are generous with money. I know there are people that value the arts. And if we can be, because I, I feel like single lot has become a trusted source in our state. It's sort of a, something that people can depend on and they know us, they know me, you know? And so it's like, if I can say, all right, we're going to take your donations and we're going to take applications from artists and we're going to say, all right, if we raise $10,000, then we're going to give $500 grants with no strings attached, nothing to, you know, 20 people that we choose and whatever. Uh, I felt like that could be something that would be good to do and helpful, but also not very hard to do because there's a lot of generosity in our state. And so we just sort of sat at my house and, and worked up the website. And then I called the folks over at Muscle Shoals Music, uh, or Muscle Shoals Music Foundation and Muscle Shoals Sound Studio uh, because they have 501c3 nonprofit uh, access. That takes months to get, by the way. And so what we needed was basically what they call a fiscal sponsor. And that's someone that would handle our accounting for us and let us accept donations on their behalf. And so they did that and we didn't have to wait six or seven months to get nonprofit access. We were gifted it through that foundation, which we really appreciate. And that gave us even more, um, more of a strong backing to say to people like, your money's gonna go to a good place. We're gonna take care of what you donate. And to date, we are, we've donated over $15,000 and coming up on 20 at the end of the month. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not writing people $2,000 checks. We're writing a lot of people $500, $400 checks, something that helps them through this month or this week. And that's the least we can do in this moment. Because we need, a, we, need, we need a really strong community of artists in the state of Alabama. And if we don't have that, we're all going to suffer because of that. Is that something that like any musician can apply for in Alabama? Yes. Yeah. If you, and not only just musicians. Um, musicians that live in the state of Alabama. Uh, music business people, which is sort of a loose definition, but like sound guys and stagehands and lighting folks and tour managers and managers and booking agents like and songwriters there's so many people in our state that derive the majority of their income from the music business and people don't recognize that you know people think all the music business is in nashville or new orleans or atlanta or memphis and there's actually quite a bit in alabama um not just in the shoals either you know birmingham tuscaloosa mobile montgomery like they're Huntsville, like there, there is music business around here. So we kept it loose and we, we just, you know, if, if people even think they might want to apply, apply. There's no harm in applying. We have a committee of, of music business professionals from across the state. We all go in. I, I basically, I take all the applications. I remove all of the identifying names and everything from them. So people's privacy is protected. People make decisions on who should get funding solely based on the circumstance and nothing else. And then they send their nominations back to me. I match them back into the original applications. I write checks myself. I put a stamp on it myself. I walk it down to the post office myself. It is that simple. Um, so if anybody out there wants to apply, uh, afamalabama.org is the website. 
uh, go check it out. Apply. If you got $5, donate it. Every little bit counts, and we really appreciate it. I mean, that just goes to show how important the arts and music are to this area and to Alabama. We've got people donating and people who need it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really been cool. I mean, I don't know. I'm just the type of person who, when something bad happens, I'm just like, how do I, how can I make this better? How can I help? And I'll lie up at night wondering like, okay, how do I, what do I do? Like, we got to do something. And it just, it seemed like the, easiest way we could help. Um, and, and I suspect that over time that that organization will kind of broaden into further advocacy. Um, and we've had good conversations with like Senator Doug Jones and people like that just about, you know, we need, we need more legislation in Washington to help musicians and creative people in this country now. And if we don't get it, we're going to lose a lot of music venues and a lot of musicians and music companies. And so, you know, your money goes directly to musicians that are in need, but it also sort of sustains good work year round. So yeah, thanks for asking me about it. I appreciate y'all putting the spotlight on it. So you were talking about how the music family in Alabama is like a tight knit group. Um, I kind of want to dive a little bit more into your single lock family of your assigned artists as well. Sure. So your, your roster is very, is very diverse. You have so many different types of musical artists signed um, from rock and roll bands like Exotic Dangers. I have a couple written down here. And then also like, of course, John Paul White, who in my opinion has more of a, like a, an indie or like a folk sound to his, to his music. Um, and then of course, legends like Cedric Burnside, of course, and then the late, uh, the late Donnie Fritz, who is, a legend. So um, kind of how does it feel being in the music industry, being able to have that diverse of a roster in your company? How, how does that work for y'all? Well, it's, it's the honor of my life. And I mean that. Um, I, I'm, I, I, maybe y'all would agree with me when I say this, but I think genre, like talking about music in terms of talking about genre, it's kind of boring and I don't think people really care anymore. You know, like I, I, I have a lot of different music on my phone that I listen to. I have a lot of different music in, on, on this wall that I listen to. There's rap back here. There's folk back here. There's indie rock back here. There's bluegrass back here. There's jazz music back here. There's blues music back here. Um, I think genre is, is kind of stupid and lazy. And luckily we live in the South which is where most genre is born anyway. You know, we gave the world rock and roll. We gave the world jazz. We gave the world blues. Um, some would even say, I think we gave the world the best rap and hip hop. Um, I mean, like all of that comes from our neck of the woods. So well, we should claim country. it. Yeah. And country, obviously. I mean, you know, we, I, I like to, I like to say that single lock is a Southern music label. Um, because that encompasses all kind of different types of music and that that's inspiring to me. And so what we've always tried to do is put out things that move us and things that we believe in, not necessarily stuff that falls into a certain category. Now that's hard. And that means a lot of our stuff, it, it sometimes people don't know where to put it. You know, I can go to 50 different record shops and find our artists in 10 different categories you know, because people don't quite know where it goes. 
but like genre is something that 50 year olds talk about. It's not something that 15 year olds talk about. And we're moving into a new world with that. And that makes me really excited. That's always been the kind of company we've tried to run. People ask me like what my favorite type of music is. And I literally don't know how to describe it because the music that I listen to now, I would say is like a mix between like alternative indie pop somewhere in between those genres yeah. or other. So I just don't know how to describe it. Well, maybe if we get to a point where people get tired of asking that question, they become more open to you just playing music that you like, you know, like what, why, why do we have to take time to describe everything? It's not hard to play music. We all have a phone, just play it. You know I mean? Like it's not hard to tell somebody about something that you like. Um, and so, and that's, that sort of dovetails into what I'm saying about single lock. It's like, we, we want to create stuff and bring stuff to the world that you are eager to share with your friends. Um, that's always been our goal. Um, I, I want to challenge people, people to rethink maybe uh, misconceptions they have about where we all live. You know, um, that's important to me. People think we're all, you know, out, you know, with hay bales in, in the country, you know, and, and it's just not true. I mean, it's just not. I mean, even in Florence, which is, I mean, most people in America would say it's a small town with in kind of a rural environment around it, there is so much different type of music in Florence. Um, different types of music, different types of people. That's beautiful. That's what art's about. And so we try to represent that. And that's a, that's, that's a really cool thing that y'all are like that because a lot of labels aren't the same way. A lot of labels will try and capitalize off of a certain genre of music because it brings them money. And that's not necessarily what I think the big part of the music industry should be. Um, I mean, I'd, I would much rather bring somebody the music that they love without slapping a label on it, making it into a category, than, you know, actually, uh, you know, making them come to the label just because they're classified as a certain type of music just to bring me more money. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to tell you that there are two music businesses. Most people don't think about that. There are two. There's one that you see on TV with Taylor Swift and people like that. It's like a big time, huge major label pop music business. And it costs millions of dollars to put those records out and millions of people hear it and they make millions of dollars in return. It's a different thing than what we do. We are in an independent music business. And every once in a while, something out of the independent music business will become a huge hit and people will make money, a lot of money off of it. But usually, these artists barely break even. We're doing it because we love art. And it's very, very important going forward that people recognize that. It's like, you know, if you, if you really love music um, and something that you find on Spotify or Apple or, or just from your friends or whatever, and it's an independent release, you know, it's not something that Atlantic Records or something put out. You know, you might want to consider buying that record, buying that CD, supporting that artist, because that is going to help what you're talking about. You know, a world where different sounds and different types of people are celebrated, it's going to help that happen quicker. Um, so, yeah, we, we're in the second music business. <laughs> Very decidedly so. And like speaking of that second business, it being, you know, smaller, um, lesser known names, I know we have a lot of, and you said this yourself, we have a lot of 
we have a lot of people, musical inclined bands and people around the area. Um, how many of your, of your signed artists are actually from the area? Um, it's, it's probably around half. I mean, we have, we've grown a lot, you know, um, we really have most, I will say this, almost all of the records that we release are made in the shoals. Um, but probably about half of our artists, like you, you mentioned exotic dangers, uh, it's a killer band, uh, space tiger, who y'all probably know. Um, and then there, there, there are other things we're working on. Um, but then, you know, those are some of the kind of newer artists that we have from, from Florence. And, um, you know, a lot of us, like I play, I play music with Cedric Burnside and I tour with him. I used to tour with Donnie Fritz. Um, I tour with John Paul White. John's obviously local. Um, so, I mean, the, the local connection, it runs pretty deep through everything we do. I mean, like Ben plays keys on like a ton of our records and produces a lot of our records. And I mean, we're all, it's all kind of a creative artistic mishmash, which is what I always hoped it would become. So that's pretty cool. So how do you find these new artists? Like how do you scout for talent? I don't really look. Um, I, I, scouting for talent seems weird to me. I, I just like music. Like I go to shows. Um, I'm on tour a lot. And so I get to see a lot of bands that way. You know, I, I'm, I'm sad that Florence doesn't have a consistent music venue anymore. Um, that's, that's tough and we need to fix that somehow. Um, but I mean, the thing about like, people think that a record label finds your band because you sent them a CD or whatever, and that it's not true. A record label finds your band because a bunch of other people found your band. You know, it's like if you have a lot of fans, that's going to help people like us notice who you are. Um, but honestly, it's like I, I, I like to go to shows with people that I don't know and just discover new music. I'm just I'm probably just like you guys in terms of like you get on Spotify or you get on Apple or something and just dig. It's like this is a new thing. So I, I like Bandcamp a lot. Bandcamp daily, they have like a, a Bandcamp album of the day. I find a lot of great stuff that way. And then I have a lot of friends who I consider trusted sources. You know, I mean, I go to record shops. Sad we don't have an, one in Florence anymore. But when I travel, I go to record shops and I ask people behind the counter, like, what are you listening to? Stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, it, I've always felt like good stuff will find its way. Um, and so I don't really, it's, it's a hard question to answer. I don't, I wouldn't say I scout talent. I, I sort of find it the same way you or any of you would. So what about now, like during this pandemic, there's no performances and someone who's just starting in music or just wants to get established. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, <laughs> how would you, uh, how would you um, apply or could you send music to you as like a demo reel or something like that? Is, how do you find new talent during the pandemic? That's really hard. Um, during the pandemic, I mean, I, that's, I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I would say, if, if you want my advice, though, I would say um, anytime you have, like, downtime like this, make something good come from it. So, you know, I mean, like, I play drums. That's what I do. I've always done that. I did that way before I ever started doing this work, and I will continue to do it until I fall over dead. Um, I've been practicing a lot. 
you know, just like getting better at my craft and things like that. Like, it, you know, we're, we're probably never going to have a period where we're this quiet ever again in our lifetime. Um, so make it count, you know? Um, look, I'll tell you, I mean, people want to bring a demo by our offices at 418 Hermitage Drive in Florence. Everybody knows it. Uh, our address is pretty wide out there. You want to stick a CDR in that mailbox, go right ahead. Um, we listen to everything we get, um, you know, but you can do it yourself. You don't need us. And that's the great secret, you know, build your fan base yourself. And then when somebody can come and lift you up, they'll want to, because then there'll be something to gain for everybody. You know what I mean? I could talk about that for hours. I know we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to stop myself from going down that rabbit hole. But if you ever want to do another one of these and talk just simply about that subject, and go on for days. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. And you can, hey, and seriously, you can email me too. I mean, if you have questions about that, my email address and all y'all and like everybody listening, read R-E-E-D at singlelock.com. If you have questions, I answer my email. Gladly. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So say uh, you have all, all the knowledge that you have now and you're graduating. What are some of the steps that you would take to become like a professional musician? This is really for people that like are graduating now who are musicians. Sure. Um, meet everybody. Uh, when, when it's, you know, eight o'clock at night and you don't really feel like going out and going to that show or getting there early and hanging out, the voice in your head will say no. The voice in your stomach and your heart will say yes. Go. Always say yes. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of gigs that I've done that, you know, just a lot of like jam sessions or whatever that I've done where I didn't know if I would really be comfortable or if people would even like me or anything like that. And you just kind of have to force yourself to say yes and, 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 and be a decent human being, meet people. Um, all that stuff's important. Practice get really good, get better than really good. Even when you think you're really good, you can get better. I sure can. God knows I can't. I, uh, I can't practice enough. Um, be on time. Uh, that's a huge one. Be reliable. I get a lot of gigs because people know that if, if it's three o'clock and I'm supposed to be there, I'm going to be there at 2.55, you know? And I'll get that gig before someone more talented than me because people would rather just have somebody on time that's reliable than somebody that's good that's going to screw it all up. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, but the biggest thing of all is to not quit. It's so easy to quit because this is a very hard business. And it attacks you from all sides. It'll squeeze all the money out of your wallet and all the life out of your soul. I mean, you will get tired. You will get pissed off. You will get just beaten down because this world is cruel and this business is even more cruel. But if you love art and you love making music, don't quit. And if you don't quit, you will, you will survive just because you did. And most everybody else that's in competition with you will. I can't tell you how many people I've played music with since I was a teenager that have quit that are like attorneys or real estate people or like whatever. And they all look at me like I've won the lottery and I'm poorer than they are by far, but I get to do what I want to do. Um, 
So work on your craft and don't quit. That's what I would say. And for those of you who don't know what on time is, on time is five minutes before. If you're not on time, you are late. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, I always go by early is on time and on time is late. That's right. Okay. Fashionably late is a myth. Be right. the dork that's there 10 minutes early. Unless you're they the always hook. get it. <laughs> Unless you're the host at a party, that is the only case, or it's your wedding. Yeah. Or funeral. That's the only place you can be late. There you go. I'll give you that. Okay. So speaking of, of crafts, you said earlier you, you do play the drums. Mm-hmm. So being being a musician and also a uh, a record executive, first I want to know how how do you have time to balance both? I don't. You just kinda- I mean I I honestly don't. Like I I juggle it the best I can. And at the end of the day, that's the end of the day. I wake up the next morning, I pick up the pieces and try to fix whatever messed up. You just do it. If you want to do something, you'll do it. That's the answer to that question. And that's honestly really understandable because I feel that like if you want to do something, but you find that you you don't have time to do it, make some time for it somewhere. Just do it. Just do it. Because then you're not doing it. How much time a day do you spend looking at your cell phone? A crap load, you know, <laughs> a whole freaking lot. And you can, there's a lot of time in your day that you don't know you have. Um, I really believe in that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it's showing that we have like less than a minute left of this. So we might have to wrap up early. But well, John, I talk a lot. So I'm sorry. Thank you for talking to us. And Mark, if of course. you want Oh yeah. Well, I do also, I want, I kind of, before we go, um, I do kind of want to know the bands that you currently play for, because I know I've seen a whole bunch that you have played for before, but I kind of want play to- for, I play for Cedric Burnside. I play for John Paul White. Those are my two current acts. I play drums for a band called Speckled Bird. I have played in a band called Belladere. I've played for the Polys and I played for the late great Donnie Fritz. Um, and I'll, I'll play with anybody. Um, I just like playing, but that's that's the long and short of it, really. All right. So, like Selena said, sadly we don't have a whole lot of time left. So, if you do, if you want to plug any single like uh, social medias or even your personal social medias, you can go ahead and do that if you'd like. You got it. Thank y'all for having me. You can find Single Lock online, singlelock.com, at Single Lock, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then the Advocacy Fund for Alabama Musicians, afamalabama.org. Thank you all. Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. Made time fly for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Let's talk again. Yeah. Okay. Bye. It's getting late. So, but definitely thank you for coming and being a part of this. Hey guys, make sure to check out all of our social medias. Feel free to send us your feedback at arts at una.edu or through the DMs of any of our social media. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you in the future. This podcast has been brought to you by UNA School of the Arts. Executive producer is Mark Gallegos, co-produced by Selena Fugate and Tyler Hankins. Special thanks to Dr. Terrence Brown and the entire SOTA staff.